Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. So it's been a little bit since I did an episode. Things have been really busy for me lately. Uh, But I'm back, and today I want to talk about success. This is another loaded topic that I think so many of us avoid talking about because there's a lot that's associated with this word. Like power and identity, confidence, worthiness, shame, just to name a few. It can be a very intimidating word. As human adults, for lack of a better term, our definition of success has been shaped throughout our lives by what our family and friends and culture tells us it should be. I'm just thinking back to being a kid, and my first understanding of success was from the image of Angela from Who's the Boss. She was this high-powered advertising executive who worked in New York City, made good money, and lived in the wealthy Connecticut suburbs. She did so well for herself that she could afford a housekeeper, and hence the whole plot of the show. But what my little kid brain absorbed from all of that was that success meant working really hard, having the big house in the suburbs, and having the luxury of a housekeeper. TV, magazines, pop culture in general has such a huge impact on our personal beliefs and stories, as you can tell. Today, instead of Angela Bauer, the females that we see most often modeling success are the Kardashians. And you all know how much I love talking about the Kardashians. They have wealth, they've got power, they have popularity, extravagance, all the things that we here in America define as necessary for success. But is striving to be like a Kardashian what we really want? I think this is a really important question that we have to ask ourselves, and I'll get into this a little bit more in a few minutes. But it's true that in our culture, success is associated with wealth, power, and fame. It's the literal attainment of the American dream, the achievement of money, freedom, and social mobility, right? As long as we work really hard for it. As a result, We glorify possessions like big houses and fancy cars, and I've talked about this stuff before. But not only do we equate having these things to success, we also naively assume that having more things will fulfill us, that it will actually fill our cup enough that we are content and won't need anything more. And we all know how the story turns out. It doesn't take us long to figure out that we have a particular, that having a particular thing doesn't actually fill us up in the way that we want. As a result, we end up just wanting more things. It's this endless pursuit, I think, of a feeling, not a thing. But we're substituting things for that feeling. So let's go with this for a minute. There was a survey done a few years ago where 2,000 Americans were asked what making it means to them. Their answers were then compared to what these people who were doing the survey have currently. A variety of factors or categories were measured, including career, family, wealth, property. The survey is supposed to give us an idea of what people think that success means on average and how close people are to achieving that success or, quote unquote, making it. 
Here are some of the specific findings by category. So in the money category, respondents viewed $147,104 of income as successful. And interestingly, this is the category in the survey that people were, were furthest from now versus the idea, their ideal. The average income of respondents who were doing the survey was 57426 and 67% of respondents said that money was the major missing part of their equation for success. So then in career, respondents viewed 31 hours of work per week, a 10-minute commute, 5.3 weeks of time off, and working more from home as their ideal situation. However, respondents were a little off on most of these measures and pretty far off on the vacation time. The average person is working 34 hours per week, commuting 17 minutes, taking 2.8 weeks of time off, and working more from the office. As you can tell, this survey is a little bit dated. It's from 2018, so pre-COVID, but the themes are still there. And most importantly, for 22% of people, a dream job was the missing piece of their success equation, which I find really interesting. So in the friends and family category, respondents viewed marriage and kids as well as four best friends as ideal. And on average, respondents fell slightly short here too. And finally, in property, they asked the question, how much would your home and vehicle be worth if you made it? And about the average was 461000 for your home and $41,986,000 of value for your car, respectively. And of course, everybody fell short as well. So the average person home value was 248000 and car value was 15789 So as you can see, many people view success as having things. What's so interesting to me in this survey is the disconnect between how people define success versus how they are or feel currently. It's like our culture has set us up to always be chasing after some dream or goal that if we don't achieve, we'll be and feel less than. And nowhere in any of this is the thought that we might actually be okay with what we have already. It's all about having more. Thus, the extravagant lifestyle of the Kardashians that we're so infatuated with as a culture. We want what they have. But it's not that way in all cultures. Some cultures, believe it or not, actually value balance more than achievement or ownership of possessions. I think it's important to think about how we've been conditioned from a very young age to think of success as synonymous with accomplishments. We've been taught that once we achieve something, we need to go for the next big thing. It's not just okay to be okay with what, you've, what you have. I think a lot of you guys know that I've been a runner for a while now, but I wasn't always that way. I started off just running random amounts because it felt good and it was an outlet for me. Then running became such a popular thing. It was like all the rage. And I wanted to do races. And once I started to do races, I started to get more competitive with it. I remember before I ran my first ever marathon, I told myself that if I could do this, I would be amazing. I would be so proud. I would be so content and happy with myself for what I did. I wouldn't need to do anything more. But I actually, of course, wasn't content because once I did it, I wanted to do more. I wanted to beat my time. I wanted to have the accomplishment of saying that I've done more than one and I did it in this time. Like bragging rights, you know? I wanted more of myself and I wouldn't let myself be proud until I accomplished better. 
because it's human nature to want more. We want to see how high we can go. And sometimes I think that gets in the way of how we think about and define success. It's like a game that we play with ourselves that we'll never actually win. So what if we started to shift our definition of success a little bit? What if instead of accomplishments, we started to think of success in terms of how we feel? That's a big shift, by the way. As I was preparing for this episode, I did a lot of personal introspection. I've always been very much a numbers person. When I was in school, I thought that if I got an 80 or above on a test, then I was successful. If not, I failed, even if I didn't actually fail. Like many women, I thought that if I work really hard to achieve a certain weight, then I'm successful. But if I'm not at that goal weight, I'm a failure. Even doing this podcast, I was so challenged because I had this idea of a certain number of downloads or followers to have the podcast be successful, which isn't even realistic because I'm comparing myself to others who are not in even remotely the same boat as I am. All this does, comparing myself to these numbers and other people, it just makes me anxious. I've come to realize that success doesn't actually have to be black or white like we're taught that it is. I've really been starting to challenge my personal definition of success to be less focused on the outcome and more on the journey. These are the seemingly small things that are actually the big things. And they're authentic to me. Like, here's some examples. Like being okay with myself. Just the way things are. Mistakes, flaws, and all. Or not being afraid. Or making one person smile every day. Or consistently taking time for myself. These are the things that would give me the feeling that I'm doing my best. And feel proud. And I think that is the same feeling that we're all striving for when we set these cultural expectations. So how would you redefine success? This, this should be a very personal exercise. And there's a few things that I want to note about it. First of all, no one, not even your mother-in-law, should impose their version of success on you. It can sometimes be really hard to separate out how you define success versus how someone else defines success. If you've been essentially taught to compare yourself with other people who always seem to be doing bigger things in life, then of course you're going to automatically assume that you're a failure according to society's definition. If your aunt, uncle, grandmother, whoever has been bragging to you about your cousin who seems to be doing amazing and has all the quote-unquote right qualities of success – then yeah, of course, it's going to be really difficult to separate out what is really important to you versus what is really important to them. But this is where you have to do the work to discover that. Another point I want to make is that you really need to look at your own definition of success and be honest with yourself because I think a lot of times we're not. We may judge ourselves and not like what we see, but that's all part of the growth here. It's also important to notice how much of what's coming up for you when you do this is around money or wealth. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think it's important to understand where we're coming from, which is those hard black and white definitions of success that culture has placed on us, and question it. Because it may, it may be what we're taught, but that's not who we are anymore. 
Maybe. I think we overcomplicate success. Maybe in its simplest form, it's living on our own terms versus somebody else's. Maybe when we can do that, we won't feel the need to compare ourselves as much to those around us or even the Kardashians. A lot of this comes back to our personal values. And again, living in alignment with what's important to you versus living in alignment with what's important to someone else. So let's take some time to think about what really matters to us and consider shifting our definition of success towards staying true to ourselves. Okay, you guys, thanks so much for listening. If anything in this episode resonates with you, please feel free to share with a friend and it it would be awesome if you could write me a review because the more reviews I get, the more people I'm able to reach. You guys can also follow me on Instagram at Money Isn't Scary. Thanks so much and I'll talk to you next time. 